Good morning, good morning, good morning, Kingdom family. Good morning, Pastor Alfreda. It's just a great opportunity to be back with the family again. This is my second time with you, as you said. And uh, and again, I'm the founder of Champ I Am, um, at the organization called Champ I Am. And it's, uh, it's funny that I, I want to kind of put a preface out there that, yes, I'm a motivational speaker, but I'm a saved motivational speaker. And there's a difference. Uh, a lot of the word that I go out into the world and speak, um, I am given the opportunity to speak on different platforms. And uh, and the great thing about it is I'm not, I don't have to compromise uh, my word standard. I, my delivery is different. But the, everything that you hear me talk about, um, if you're saved and you have an ear to hear, you'll hear the saved connotations and the seed of the word in and. Uh, and, and I appreciate the opportunity when I get a chance to speak to saints directly uh, that that I don't have to um, do like Jesus did. And I don't have to speak in uh, a parable, but I can come before you and I can speak to you plainly. And, and that's what I want to do today is, yes, I'm going to encourage you. Yes, I'm going to uplift you. But I'm going to speak to you plainly because I'm going to speak to you in a language that we are familiar with. And it's the word of God. So I thank you for the opportunity today. And I thank you for Pastor Alfreda for for um, for giving me this opportunity and um, to speak to kingdom leaders and and I believe when in the, in the, when we're talking about kingdom leaders, everyone who is in the kingdom has is a is a leader. God has called you to influence someone, to be able to impact someone's life, to change and to be connected into the kingdom, to lead them into the kingdom of God. So I'm glad that no there there are no just followers here, but we have kingdom leaders with the mindset to influence people uh, to come to Christ and to come into the kingdom where they can experience so so many benefits. Amen. So today I'm just going to jump right in. Uh, this message that I'm going to talk to you today, it's not for everybody. And it's called uh, the promise of presence. And I'm speaking to a particular group of people today. I'm talking to those people today that are are going through or going into trouble. They're, they're, they're in the. The, in the season where they're about to go into trouble. When I say trouble, I'm talking about trials, tribulation. You're feeling the pressure. I'm talking to another group of people that are, right now, they're in the midst of trouble. And the third people that I'm talking to are those who are coming out of trouble. And leaders that are coming out of trouble. So, I want to just be raw today. I feel like we don't talk about what I'm going to talk about enough, but life, uh, even as a believer, can be hard. And not just hard, I'm talking about harsh. Um, just being real, this year on by myself has been one of the most emotionally um, taxing years that I can say in my life. I just turned 43, so I'm young to some of y'all, I'm a baby to others. But, you know, this year, life kind of just smacked me in the face. In the beginning of the year, I lost my grandfather. Um, and then two months after that, my father had lost his his wife. And um, having to minister to my father and his wife at that level who really did not know God, uh, it was an opportunity for me to present Christ to my family and be able to be the leader in my family that God called me to be. But that was emotionally trauma because I was feeling the hurt of my father who lost someone he loved. And then 
two months after the funeral, we were in the middle of the snowstorm. Um, I just paid my car off, got everything good. We hit that snowstorm and I'm taking care of a sick mom. And all of a sudden, I'm on the highway and my car spins out in the slush on 295 going towards, uh, going down 295. And praise God, there was nobody on the street, but I swerved down and, and, and the car that I just got paid and paid that note off and, and it was mine. It was mine. It was destroyed. And praise God that I was in the car because when the car spinned out, I called Jesus. And I felt like everything in the car went slow motion. And, and I didn't feel anything from the impact. But when I looked at my car, the front half of my car was cut like butter. My engine, my front hood. I looked at my front hood. It was hanging by a hinge. And, and the engine was cut like it was cut like butter. And I looked, and, and while I was in the middle of the accident, the accident was almost over. I'm in the middle of the street. Another car slides in and starts to slide in and slide towards me like it's about to T-bone me. And I called out Jesus again. And I just watched my angels move the car out the way in a way that I couldn't even move my car and navigate my car. It felt like the angel just pushed the car aside, saved the person that was driving, and saved my life in the midst of that. On top of that, a month later, my father, and my father is not, is not an old man. He's in his 60s. He, 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 he dies. He dies in a car accident after being in a coma for a, a month. And you talk about the, the trauma. After I had to minister that, I ministered my father's funeral. And we had the honor to, to do his eulogy and to be able to eulogize my father. But after a while, th this, this message got into me, into my heart. And it was like, Father, why? Why so much trouble? I'm your child. Not to say on top of that, my my wife's father had had a a, a life threatening um a life threatening um prognosis right after my father passed, and I'm sitting here saying why. And God just started to deal with me on some things, and, and I'm being real to you. And I put that out to you because I, I it was emotionally traumatic. Not to say that I can't stand, but it's like sometimes you like we hear that scripture that said God don't put more on you than what you can bear. With that, He said there's no temptation such as common to man, but He uses that temptation to get you out. Yeah, you, what you're going through is not common, but you like God. You think very highly of me right now. Because I don't feel like I have the strength to 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 bear the burden. And I'm coming to you as one, a leader, because I feel that one leaders, we have to um, learn how to be honest, not only with ourselves, but we have to learn how to be honest um, on how we, when it comes to handling our troubles and, and responding to the trouble that comes to life, especially when you're going through the season that I just went through, when life is hitting you in rapid succession in such a way that you feel like you can't even catch your breath. You're like, God, another one? And we have to be at leaders to be transparent about what we're going through. Because if we're not transparent about what we're going through, we're not going to effectively be able to minister to those that we are entrusted to lead. When you're transparent and you can identify what you're going through, you can end up becoming more sensitive to the needs of others. There is a lack of sensitivity when it comes to the needs of others in the church today. 
And I'm, I'm talking about when someone is going through longer than what you think they should be going through. I know that there are people that will pray for me if I was going through for two weeks. I know there's people that would pray for me that I was going through one month. But what if I'm grieving and mourning and it's going over for more than a year? Are you still going to be sensitive? Are you still going to be sensitive to your brother that's in need? And those that are in leadership, are you willing to bear your chest out and say, you know what? I feel the pain that you're going through because I've been there. And you know what? I didn't always pass the test. And the problem with leaders is we have this thing that, you know, I watched it, a pet peeve of mine is going to church and seeing the ministers and the elders sit on the front pew. They want everybody to praise God in the midst of the situation, but then they look like God ain't did nothing for them and their faces all pruned up. No, we have to be examples of what praise looks like in a situation, letting people know that we're not always floating. I don't think I ever was floating. And as leaders, if we don't, we're taking on pressures that God had never intended us for do. I'm noticing more and more reports of leaders and pastors that are committing suicide because they're silently dealing with their depression and stress of leadership. They don't have anyone that they can talk to, anyone that they can pour themselves back into that says, you know what, I'm going through, these are the emotions. I thank God for my bishop, Bishop John Edmondson of Victory in Christ Christian Center. He's a direct mentor into my life. And whenever I get to the point where my, my marriage is stressed, I get stressed, he gets me, lets me sit there and he lets me tell it like I feel it. And then he deals with me according to the word and gets me back on track. But I learned a statistic and it said 23% of pastors acknowledge that they have personally struggled with mental illness. And the key word that I'm talking right there is personally acknowledged. So 23 were actually honest enough to tell you that they were going through what they were going through. So today, I want to help you, and I, and I really want to get you to understand some things about yourself that will strengthen you so that you don't feel guilty when trouble comes, and that you don't feel like you're second class because you're feeling all the emotions that you're feeling. As a leader, as just a servant in the body, and as just God's child. So point one, you need to accept that life is not going to be perfect. Accept that life is not going to be perfect. The Bible says that man is born of a, a woman. Is, 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 is talk about his, his life is, is that basically trouble is there. It's a part of your life is short and, and troubles is going to be present. The Bible says that in this life we're going to have trouble, we're going to have trials, we're going to have tribulation. There's a difference between identifying the affliction and the affliction identifying you. The Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. That's Psalms 34 verse 19. You have to be able to identify that yes, there are going to be troubles. Yes, there are going to be afflictions. You have to identify the affliction. 
You need to recognize that you you are going through a present affliction, but that affliction does not own you. You do not have to own the affliction, but you do need to identify that there's an affliction coming your way. Whether that affliction is an addiction, uh, a depression, you're mourning, or you're dealing with trauma, that is the affliction, and you need to be able to be able to vocally identify the the affliction. We're pretending that troubles and trials and tribulations are not there. Is not faith. It's dangerous. You have to understand that facing troubles and trials and tribulations properly will make you stronger. Romans chapter 5 verse 3 to 5 says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. That means just because you are hoping for something that has not come yet, it does not make you ashamed that because you were in the midst of the trouble and you were believing faith and you were hoping to get out, don't be ashamed for the hope that God has given you. Need, it said do not cast away your hope. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So, you know, your tribulations are working something in you. Patience. Why am I being patient on? Because I'm believing on the promise of God that he will bring me through this. Many are the afflictions, but what is the promise? There's a promise of affliction, but there's a promise of, but God will deliver us out of them all. He didn't say he was going to deliver them out of some of your afflictions. He said he will deliver you out of them all. So we don't need to pretend that trouble don't come our way. I, I love that old song that says, I'm so glad that trouble don't last always. This is for a time. Number two, you need to accept that you are not perfect. It's okay that we go. This is the man, the Bible says that a righteous man falls down seven times, but he gets back up. The key to that, that, that scripture was that he was righteous. He was righteous not because of anything that he did. A righteous man is righteous because of the finished work of what Jesus did in your life. Your righteousness is filthy as rag, but when I put on the righteousness of God, I'm able to stand in the presence of God as if I didn't do anything at all. So when I am fall, he has made provisions for my fall. Stop portraying yourself that you are the image of the super saint. You alone are nothing without God's righteousness. God put his super on top of your natural. You're going to have times when you're weak. You're going to have times when you feel like giving up on everyone and everything and you just want God to take it away. And what I like about this scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 9, Paul was talking about there was a time in his life where he was under so much stress of what, because of the responsibility of the word that was in his life to change. He realized that his responsibility was, was the, the revelation. There's a responsibility for the revelation that you receive that's going to bring pressure. And he was asking God to take it away. But he said to them, my grace is sufficient for you. And my power is made perfect in your weakness. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. 
So what that tells me is that at my weakest, he is strong. So it's okay to under, to embrace the fact that there are areas that you are weak in because in your weakness, God still got you covered. Amen? So the weaker you are, the stronger God is for your situation. So you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be the holy roller that's, that, that, that's floating. Because I'm not floating. I'm saved, love God, but I'm not floating. I got issues that I'm dealing with. I have issues of accountability that I have in my life. And even though I know the word of God, there are areas that I have to submit to God and submit to accountability for in my life, which prevents me from a fall. The key word to that scripture that I was talking about was not only weakness, but grace. And we define grace not as just the, the favor of God, not just the favor and mercy mixed with God, but, but grace is the empowering presence of God to do what you're called to do, be what you're called to be, and do and have what you're called to have. Whenever you see what word grace in the scripture, it is an action, it's an empowering word. So whenever you see full of grace, you've been filled with grace. You've been given a, a, a measure of grace. You have been given a measure of, of a power and presence of God to be what you're called to be, do what you're called to do, and call what you're called to have. That means that the trouble that you are in, you're graced for it. Say to, say to yourself, whatever I'm at right now, I'm graced for this. Because God would not, never allow you to go through trouble and not give you the empowerment to get through it. So, number three. And this was important for me. It said, God does not promise perfection, but he promises presence. I'm going to say that again. God does not promise perfection. He promises premise, uh, presence. Psalms chapter 46 verse 1 says that God is our refuge and strength. He is a very present help in trouble. I love that. God is the one that and when, when we have our issuations and we have our situations that we can go to him as our refuge and strength. When you are wrapped in God, no matter how much the attack of the trouble that you're in, it cannot permeate God's refuge because he is a fortress. He, and, and the great thing about being in a fortress is you can sit back if you're in the best type of fortress and there's nothing that can, and you know you're in an impregnable fortress, there's nothing that can get through the defenses that God has when you are wrapped in his presence. It says what? He that dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Nothing can pierce the refuge of God. But the other part of that scripture says that God is a very present help in trouble. There's a difference between uh, being present and being very present. There's a difference in being present. I have people that are present in my life, but well, I, there's a very present actor. God has been present in some of your lives, but you know what? He's been there. He's been protecting you. and He's been keeping you, and you didn't even know that he was protecting and keeping you. But when you come to know God, there's a difference when he steps into your life, and he's very present. Where you just know that it was nothing but God that brought you through. And God wants to be very present in your life. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6 said that he will never leave you nor forsake you. 
So no matter what trouble you're going with, he's always going to be there by your side. These are the confidence that we have when we're going into the trouble, when we're in the midst of the trouble, and we're going out of the trouble. Not saying that we won't feel the trouble, but we know that he will never leave us nor forsake us in our time of trouble. The key word that we talked about that is saying that in the promise of perfection, he promises us presence. That means that God will always be there for you. Now, there's three benefits from this promise. The first benefit of the promise is the promise of protection. God promises us in throughout, he said, yes, in, in Psalms 34, 19, he says, many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them out of us all, all those, out of the, he would deliver us from all trouble. Psalms 46, verse one, he is our refuge and our strength. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. One of my favorite scriptures is Isaiah 59, 19, when he says the enemy comes in like a flood. He is a standard against the enemy. And what a standard means when it says a standard is a battlefield um, terminology because the standard was the flag when they were doing hand-to-hand -hand combat and you had armies and armies going against each other. The standard was the flag flag that represented the, 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 the army that you were fighting for. So when you were fighting sometimes and you lost track of what was going on, you would look up and you would see the standard bearer raise the flag and let you know that you're still in the battle and as long as that flag was up that your people were still fighting and even though you were in the midst of the trouble in the midst of the thing, keep fighting and moving forward. Because the standard was there. And the standard is the presence of God that's in your life that will overwhelm the enemy even in the midst of your fight. You have to realize that God, have the revelation that God is responsible for you. He is responsible for you and God is not a deadbeat dad. He takes care of his, what is his. Which leads me to my second point, provision. God will provide for his. Say, God will provide for me. God provides for his vision. Now, you got to realize and see yourself in there. You say, God will provide for his vision. But you are what he saw. So if you are what he saw, you are the vision that God saw. And therefore, if you are the vision that God saw, then he's responsible for making sure that everything you need is going to come to take care of you. Psalms 23 says that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. My other favorite scripture talks about 2 Peter verse 1 and 3. He said, he gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Godliness means to live the godly life. Life don't mean eternal life. He's talking about the life that we are to live here. He has given us everything that we need for this life to live this life and to be godly in this life in Christ Jesus. So that you have to trust, number one, that you are part of God's plan. And knowing that God provides for his vision, the only responsibility that you have to be when you're in the time of trouble, your responsibility is to be in the place of provision. That means you need to be in a place of obedience. Be where God told you to be. God didn't tell you to run from the trouble. He didn't tell you to run out of the trouble. Sometimes the place of provision is in the midst of the trouble. 
because God is going to provide everything that you need to come out of this situation. So like I said, God, I need to get to the place of provisions. When you step out of his will, you step out of his plan, and you step out of his provision. And that is why the enemy is attacking you so hard in your situation right now, is because he's trying to get you out of the place of God's provision so he can step you out of faith, so you can stop believing what God's word said that he promised that he was going to deliver you out of the problem. If he can get you to get out of faith, to step out of the situation, to step into the problem more, and out of faith, he will stop and block your provision. You Maybe why you're, you're wondering right now. You are wondering right now, God, I don't feel like you're there. I'm not receiving. Are you in the place of provision? And my last point is the promise of peace. Shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Wholeness. Know that God is not going to leave you broken. He is not going to leave you without help. He's not going to leave you without resources. You have to sit back and relax in the peace of God, knowing that the peace is connected as a connected promise of what God has for you. John 14, uh, 25 to 26, he said he will send you the comforter, the helper, the Holy Spirit. And what he will do is he will teach you and remind you of everything that Jesus spoke to you. The Holy Spirit will, and that's why we need to be connected to his presence, is that the Holy Spirit will be in your ear in the midst of trouble, reminding you what the word is saying about your situation. Because the word is your roadmap to get out of your situation and to get to the promise of what God has for you. The promised land in the Old Testament was a shadow of the promised land of the promises that we are to be walking in in our life now. He will give you peace beyond your understanding. And the, the peace that I love that scripture where he says that he will give you peace that will surpass your understanding and it will guard your heart and mind. He says that we are to be anxious for nothing. Anxious for some things? No, anxious for nothing. Why? Because we can always go to God with a spirit of thanksgiving and ask, make our supplications known to God. And then what happens is while we're going through that, here's some things you need to understand about protecting your attitude of peace is when the enemy is coming into you, what that scripture goes down to say that he says, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, whatsoever things that are worthy of praise. He said, these are the things you need to focus your mind on in the midst of trouble so that you won't fall. Because recollection is because it says my mind recollects on what God did for me. And if he did it once for me, he continues to do it again because there is no end stamp on the promise of presence. There is no end stance on the promise of protection. There's no end stance on the promise of his provision. And there's no end stamp on the promise of his peace. Yes, we will go through. Yes, we will see trials and tribulations. But you know what? And I won't be ashamed of the hope that I'm believing God for because I believe that God will deliver me out of them all. Now I can be transparent to you and tell you what, because in the midst of my being transparent to you, there's a comment of saying, yes, I'm going through. Yes, God is faithful to bring me out of every situation. And then your testimony becomes more effective 
for the people that you are trying to minister to. I want to thank you for this opportunity of sharing and, and coming. I just want to pray for you real quick. Those of you who are going through, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those that are in the crucible of change right now, that you would go and touch their life, Father. Show them the revelation that you would never left them. You are always by your side, God, that you will always be with them, Father. Father, I pray for those that do not know you, that in order that they can receive the precious promises, that they would commit their heart to you, open their hearts to you, that they may know you and know the power of your promise and your protection, God. Father, we thank you for those that are here here right now that these are going to be transparent leaders, God, that leaders are going to be open and honest about what they are going through because we overcome by the word of the lamb, uh, by the word of our testimony and the blood of the lamb. So we cannot be ashamed to share our testimony. We cannot ashamed to share what we are going through because our testimony shows that you are in our life. We thank you for this word, seal it in our hearts, seal it in our minds, seal it in our spirits, God, that we will live it and not forget it. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.